Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You gotta love sports. I sure did this weekend. I'm Kyle Coster. Welcome to the big weekend. An appreciation show. For all things ball and stick and pigskin related, oh boy, did I OD on the best thing in the world this weekend. Let me start by saying this. About a year ago, I profiled Adam Shine, one of the top sports radio hosts in the country, and I identified in him something that I really enjoy. And that's that he goes to the microphone and talks about what he enjoyed from the sporting world the night before or the weekend before. It's not rocket science, but man, is it fun. And there was so much to like over the weekend. I'm gonna be taking some personal liberties here because I have a myopic lens through which I viewed the events of the last two days, but stick with me, I am excited. This fall has been challenging in terms of sitting down gorging on the buffet of sports offerings. This was the weekend I finally sat down and watched ridiculous amount of college football and ridiculous amount of NFL, and I missed it. I'm so glad it's back, and everything lined up for a really special and magical time. Let's start Saturday in a game that nobody is going to be talking about because it's not that important to most people but sure as hell is to me. The Michigan State Spartans, after getting embarrassed by Michigan, after a tunnel fight, after widespread suspensions, after having everybody on the defense go out with an injury, being forced to play people from Wonders Hall, intramural flag football teams on defense, went to Champaign and took down the number 16 ranked Illinois fighting a lion eye and they did it in convincing fashion saved the season finally some heart mel tucker had so many questions to answer he answered them all embattled coordinators looked competent a team that hadn't shown any life at all showed life and heart and grit and it felt like old times now you're thinking okay great Michigan State is four and five. Big whoop. What's the big deal here? Well, I'll tell you. Coming up, they have two home games against Rutgers and Indiana. They will be favored in both. They should win both. Now, I'm not counting them as wins prematurely because we've all seen that this team is anything but reliable and consistent. But if they're able to take care of business, they will be in a bowl. They will get that extra practice. A season that looked completely lost will not be a total disaster. Potentially, they get to six and five and they go play Penn State and Happy Valley to close the year. And if they show half the effort and half the determination, if Tucker is locked in and avoids some of those late game clock management issues, which almost doomed them, 
Scotty Hazleton's defense keeps playing like this. The offense actually runs the football. They got a chance to win that one. Seven and five, not what a lot of people would have wanted after 10 and two. Those people need perspective. Yes, Tucker got an enormous contract to coach this football team. And yes, that hasn't looked to be the best decision as they stumbled out of the gates and dealt with a lot of off-the-field incidents. But he's still the guy. You have to be happy with 7-5 and five and 8-4 and four if you're a Michigan State fan. Maybe not thrilled, but you need to accept it with the hope that those 10-win seasons are going to pop up every now and again, with the hope that every five years you are competing for the Big Ten title, with the hope that every other year you play Ohio State and have a chance to make the championship game if you pull the stunning upset. Spoiler alert, not a lot of teams are beating Ohio State. I don't know if you've noticed that. Michigan State has proven the ability to do that not so much recently. Maybe they're getting farther away. Michigan is ascending. They are usurping that second spot in the conference. There's no doubt about that. We'll see where things go. But I think that what Tucker brings to the program is an identity. Mark D'Antonio had let it rot. Tucker came in, explored the transfer portal, achieved unreasonable and surprising success last season. Maybe state fans got a bit spoiled. I understand why people on the outside don't really understand what Michigan State football is. It's odd. There's a reluctance to give credit when they have those great years. But then there's also, on the back end, the insistence that the standard should be these 10 or 11 win years. Two Big Ten titles, college football playoff appearance, perennially a top 25 team. They are one of the big boys, and they will be right in that middle tier of the expanded Big Ten as this thing goes to a more professional-based model. You can't ask for anything more. You might want more if you're Michigan State, but you need to be happy being among the top 25 football programs in the country. On the heels of that, on Sunday, one of the best Detroit Lions games of my lifetime. Yes, again, they moved to two and six by beating the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So we're not going anywhere. Don't get it twisted. But this franchise is so awful that this qualifies. Aaron Rodgers broken. Maybe officially and irreversibly broken thanks to the Detroit freaking Lions who picked him off three times inside the three-yard line, who caused him to throw temper tantrums and fits and call out his teammates and take a post-game shot at the Lions saying that you can't lose to this team. Maybe you can't, but bro, you did. Same thing here. Dan Campbell embattled. A lot of people calling for his head. Not me. But I was definitely open to the idea that he wasn't the guy. This defense under Aaron Glenn turned in a masterpiece. Jared Goff did just enough. A week after dealing TJ Hawkinson, two unheralded tight ends caught touchdowns. It was magnificent. They lose that game 99 times out of 100. 
when Aaron Rodgers gets the ball needing a touchdown in the final two minutes. They were somehow able to get a stop. It was delightful. It felt like one of those Thanksgiving Day games where they beat a superior opponent and the eyes of the world are on them. Let's get a little nuts here. They have an easy schedule. If they can somehow figure out a way to beat the Giants on the road and beat up on teams that they are in 50-50 games with, like the Bears where they have two games remaining, it's not insane that they could find themselves on the outskirts of that playoff picture graphic we all know and we all love. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But there's life. And there's some optimism and we've seen what they're capable of. They did not look like a punching bag and really on balance this season, they have not looked like a punching bag. Some games. Yes. They've been totally outmatched that Patriots fiasco woof, but a couple bounces of the ball, a couple breaks go the other way. We're talking about this team being four and four, maybe a pyrite four and four where they're not that good, but still that would be enough in this weekend NFC to be in the conversation. I am of the opinion that they're not that far off. And it feels so damn good to say that and to dream and to look ahead and wonder, hey, if everything breaks right, could we be talking about some interesting and stakes-filled football in late November into December? Don't want to get ahead of myself. So let's just focus. Don't want to get ahead of myself, but I am riding high because so rarely do you get the opportunity to beat that team, the Packers, that quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, in that situation, and to do it in such a gratifying way. It was unbelievable. It was a gift from the heavens. Maybe it's not great that that's what I've been relegated to enjoy. Maybe it's not great that that's my Super Bowl but it just continued the good vibes. Also, it is time to talk about the Detroit Red Wings. Playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, I think so. In the first 12 games, they have won seven. They have lost three and they have dropped two in overtime. They are in third position of the Eastern Conference. We got an exciting new goalie. We got Dylan Larkin looking like the captain. We have tremendous special teams play. When this team commits itself on the defensive end of the rink, they win. On Saturday, celebrating the 97-98 Stanley Cup, the Islanders in town, a masterful 3-0 performance. On Sunday, They complete the New York sweep by going to Madison Square Garden, digging out of an 0-2 hole against the Rangers and winning 3-2 in overtime. It's early. There should be some regression to the mean, but I have seen enough already that proves to me that this team should be in the hunt. And we all know one thing about the hockey playoffs. You get in, then you roll the dice. Goaltender stands on their head. You never know what's going to happen. And for people in Detroit and myself in particular, it's been so long since there's been a team you want to root for and a team that follows through 
on your commitment to sit there and watch them for two hours and 45 minutes on a weeknight a few times a week. They're winning close games. They're playing with confidence. Steve Eiserman's rebuild is perhaps ahead of schedule. God, these are the things I missed about sports. So many people take for granted having a team worth pulling for. When you don't, you feel awful. It's like you're a passenger and a bystander as everybody's enjoying something and you are just on the sidelines, observing from afar, weighing in on some stuff, getting caught up in Lakers drama or other things of that nature without feeling passion, connectivity, a sense of purpose, all those things. And I think this is just the beginning for the Red Wings. So exciting to forecast a few years out where there's going to be playoff hockey in Hockey Town. We've missed it. They're building towards something. And I really, really believe that it's not too early to start thinking about this side getting in and making some noise and really capturing a new generation of fans. Because when you haven't won in 10 years, same thing with the Pistons, the Tigers, last playoff appearance was 2014 against the Baltimore Orioles that ended in devastating fashion. People just feel like they drift. That regional connectivity where you feel like there's a reason to watch something, to follow a team, to get invested. I think a lot of people take that for granted. And when it goes away, it's sad. And there's no faking it because you know deep when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. down that you're grasping at straws to finally feel something meaningful and weighty in hand is awesome for media nerds only all right few media notes here as first reported by the big lead Fox will air its first ever Saturday night primetime college basketball package this season. Debuts December 10th with Arizona versus Indiana. There's some good ones in here. Villanova Creighton. More importantly, Michigan, Michigan State. It's a great idea. I think with college basketball, you struggle to make something an event. And Fox's big noon Saturday has been a huge success branding it's smart about maximizing that window 
ESPN has been trying to own college basketball on Saturday nights for some time now, and they've done a nice job with their game day presentation. They have really attractive rights. But Fox started doing college basketball, especially the Big Ten in recent years. I was nervous about how that was going to look like because when your favorite team and the thing that you like the most is going to be in new hands, you're worried that it might not live up to expectations or they're going to do something weird. That has not been the case. It's been really good. The graphics are wonderful. They have a stable of announcers that work in concert with a lot of the stuff that you see on the Big Ten Network. Making this an event is really smart. It's really smart. On these long, cold, dark Saturday nights, you want to feel like you're going to be checking out something that has added stakes. It's the same thing why we overreact to games that are on Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football. When you got that national window and when it's sold as something different, eyes and scrutiny are trained a little closely. And it'll be great. It'll bring that big game feel to events that might not have it if they're on at 2.30 in the afternoon as people are going about their day, living their lives, doing their things. I think as a whole, college basketball has got easier to follow because everybody who has rights has been doing a really good job with it. And there's a lot of it. There's really a lot of it. So Saturday nights, clear your schedule, tune to Fox. That's where we're going to be. Let's make it a thing. They want to make it a thing. I'll be helping them out. I watched a lot of sports, as I mentioned in the intro, and I was kind of blown away by one thing. I'll frame it negatively to begin with, and then I'll come around on the back end with some compliments. But I tell you, the quality of play-by-play announcing, the quality of game presentation among some of the top teams that have been there for a while across networks is down. It's down. CBS, that Alabama-Tennessee game, Brad Nessler just doesn't hit the way it used to. Gary Danielson, um, feels a bit past his prime. Hate to say it. Gus Johnson, complaining about analytics, not understanding what analytics are. Not great. The Sunday games. I thought that Nance was okay. Nance and Romo still feels special when they're calling games. But I really noticed that when you watch some of these lower tier broadcasts, the gulf between the A booth and the C booth or D booth or even E booths is not that great anymore. Some could say, oh, that's great. Everybody's rising tide is lifting all boats. We're getting better coverage from a deeper bench. Not so sure. Not so sure. Seems like there's a lot of holes. And I'm not really sure who the next people to elevate and take it over and make it feel like it used to are. I don't want to push anybody out. But I just was a bit surprised at how pedestrian a lot of things felt. And how there really wasn't that big added element. College football, you know, you used to watch and Keith Jackson, Brent Musburger, they felt like characters. I felt like these were supporting players and not for lack of effort, just 
didn't feel as though a lot of the presentation met the magnitude of the game with some notable exceptions. So let's turn positive here. Damn, Chris Fowler. Is there anything better than having him on the call of a college football game that's becoming an instant classic? He was in Death Valley, Baton Rouge for Alabama LSU. LSU wins on a two-point conversion. Nick Saban is done for the year. It's one of those rare, weird seasons that so many people appreciate if you don't root for the Crimson Tide. But he was as good as ever. It's funny. When he was in college game day and it was announced that he was going to go over and call games, there was some reticence from the public. Could he really do it? That's not what he was known for. Him and Herb Street, their chemistry is unbelievable. Weigh their chemistry, weigh their presentation against what Kirk is doing with Al Michaels on Amazon Thursday Night Football. It's night and day. Captured the excitement. Everything felt so alive. It was a slow game, and Fowler's ability to keep it at five or six instead of ten throughout the matchup until the last six or seven minutes where things really came to a head made his calls stand out even more. He's quick. He's been sidled with so many bad games in recent years as the marquee matchups have failed to deliver in the competitiveness zone that when he finally gets one, it's great. You talk about these college football playoff games, the Rose bowl between Oklahoma and Georgia a few years ago, the Tua walk-off national championship touchdown. He's great. And I love it. And he's just so in control. I would make the argument that there's nobody better doing it in any sport, at any level right now, than Fowler. And he does it in a way that's not, look at me. It's just matching the excitement, being so genuine, so honest with his emotions, being intimately and infinitely prepared. And I think there's another element that goes with it too, is now he has the gravitas. He has that institutional background of being on game day. He is college football. You watch game day now, and I'm worried about the long-term future. It just doesn't feel like the property it once was. And that's not a slight against Reese Davis because Reese Davis does an excellent job. But Fowler was that show to me in a lot of ways. He's still college football on the ABC, ESPN, Dial. And he really believes it. He really sells it. He lives it. This is so important to him. And it's wonderful to hear. It's great. It doesn't feel like people are paratrooping in. feels like he has an intimate knowledge of everything about college football and he knows how to contextualize. So I could not say enough great things about Fowler. Anybody who thinks that this property is slipping a little bit in that booth, you're dead wrong because he proved once and again that when a game is like this, you want it in his hands. Maybe you want it in Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt's hands, but it's just a little bit different. And I feel like the Fowler stuff comes from a place with college football history. And there's a little bit less of a show. Your tastes may vary, but I loved it. Also, 
Eric Burkhart and Greg Olson are going to call the Super Bowl this year. This was the first broadcast that I have been able to listen to them this year as they had Lions Packers, and I thought that they were great. Burkhart is super understated. Olsen is so affable. They were comfortable, and they put things in perspective, and they acknowledged the weirdness of the game, and it felt like a companion piece. It felt like watching the game with two of your buddies who were not trying to impress you. It felt like they were in complete control. Maybe Burkhart doesn't have the big game voice that some of his colleagues do. I don't know if it matters. Let me be more specific. I don't know if it matters when you're going to do the basic blocking and tackling and scene setting and do everything else well enough to mask some of that fact. I'm genuinely curious to see what happens with Tom Brady. Got a big win yesterday. There's thought if the Buccaneers are out, they're going to move heaven and hell to get him into that booth in time for the Super Bowl. Because why wouldn't you? He's Tom Brady. But it's good as is. Maybe Brady getting in there transforms it into something even more special. I think I was a little bit reluctant, a little bit hesitant to say Fox had everything in place for its new era post Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. But I'm feeling a lot better about it now. I really, really enjoyed it. Much like I enjoyed Joe Davis. John Smoltz on Fox's World Series broadcast. I talked about Smoltz last week, how he was getting more reps, how he was in control of a larger portion of the microphone, how he's able to disseminate complicated pitching principles to the layperson. So let's talk about Davis. Jordan Alvarez hits a World Series clinching home run, a bomb, a no-doubter to center field in game six on Saturday night to make it 3-1, ultimately enough for the Astros to win their second in the last few years. Justin Verlander, shout out. Um, You are only getting better. God bless you. He makes the call. It's a fine call. It's pretty good. He's excited about it. Then he does something really smart. And I think this exemplifies who Joe Davis is as a broadcaster. He lays out forever. He lets the crowd noise speak for itself. He lets the bonkers scene at Minute Maid speak for itself. And this is a man who is young in a big position, and he's not trying to be something that he's not. He approaches it through a very humble lens, a humble perspective, not trying to make it about himself, maybe to a fault at some times. You could do a little bit more. I felt that... On the whole, through six games, there were times where the booth could have been more excited. The no-hitter being an example. Was it an A? Was it an A- minus in terms of broadcast go for the World Series? Was it transcendent? Was it transportive? Are people going to become baseball fans because of the larger-than-life persona of Joe Davis and the brilliant commentary by John Smoltz? No, I don't think so. But what Fox has done is they've kind of just leaned toward competence and they've leaned toward people who are not going to get under your skin. They've leaned toward people who are not going to be a problem. They've leaned toward people who are extremely polished, who let the game do most of the talking, who are prepared, 
We treat it with reverence. And it's really worked out. It's a testament to giving people who are slightly down on the depth chart at these networks the opportunity to succeed in the big spot. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.